Wow, what a roller coaster ride that was. And for the first time in the Warriors dynasty, they fall behind 0-2 in a series. Is it over for the Warriors? Is this just the beginning of things to come? Did Draymond Green uh, do anything wrong? Was he the villain? Was he just innocent? Kylan and I are going to break all that down and so much more next. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. You, uh, and today's episode, I'm sorry, tonight's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. You can follow Kylan Mills on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Kylan Mills. You can follow me, Cyrus Sotzes, on Twitter at Dog Surf Roadshow. Kylan, is the hashtag free Draymond uh, trending yet? If not, I wonder if it will. That was one wild game. Uh, your immediate reaction, Kylan. How are you doing? Hey, um, well, you know, Cyrus could be better, would be better if the Golden oh. State Warriors had won game two. Um, I mean, it was tough. It was tough to watch. The Warriors did make a late push. You know, they showed signs of life in the fourth quarter. And I thought possibly that the Draymond Green ejection could ignite this team and, and yes. force them to lock in a little bit more. Something I tweeted is that going back to game one of the Memphis series in last year's playoffs, it was the Western Conference semifinals. Draymond got ejected and the Warriors said it lit a fire under them. They locked in more and they ended up sneaking out a 117-116 victory. So like... Up until that point, I was hopeful that the Warriors might be able to pull this off, and they just fell apart. Um, I think the Warriors closed out quarters. They closed out the game poorly. They, I didn't mm -hmm. like the shot selection. Um, I think the careless turnovers were a major issue. Mm -hmm. I thought that there were some unnecessary fouls that were committed. Um, but so, you know, it's a frustrating loss for sure. But, you know, to me, I think the one thing that stands out is turnovers. Like there were just 20 turnovers is too many. And the thing is, the Warriors have been able to get away with that many turnovers with electric offense in the past and by doing so many other things well, by having a top five defense. But they haven't done that this season. So that's the thing. Yes, the Warriors have always been a team that turns the ball over, but they've also executed in other areas of the game better than they are right now. So you can't afford to turn the ball over without a higher level execution in other facets of the game. Mm -hmm. They didn't have a top five defense this season. They had one of the worst road defenses in the NBA this season. Um, and so that's where I think some of the issue lies. There, I don't even know where to start. I mean, there, there's so many places. I guess let's start with the, like the, the what's going to be the biggest talking point uh for the rest of the night for tomorrow and that's going to be the 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 Draymond Green uh DeMonte Sabonis uh altercation um look I'm, I'm a firm believer in a couple things one being that when you judge certain events uh in this case being an altercation between those two players judge them individually uh don't let reputation cloud your judgment uh Draymond Green for better or worse I feel unfortunately has a reputation as being a villain. Um, I think the reputation largely comes from the fact that he's a very vocal individual. Uh, he's not afraid to speak his mind. And society doesn't like people that do that in most cases. Um, and, and look, I mean, the stuff that happened seven years ago, I, I feel that was grossly uh, over-exaggerated. Yes, his legs flung in Steven Adams' groin. 
Um, but then LeBron James walked over him, one of the biggest signs of disrespect on a basketball court, and Draymond Green reacted. He was baited. Uh, LeBron succeeded in the bait. Uh, but all Draymond did was flick him in the shorts. He didn't even hit his genitals. Um, so, you know, be but because of stuff like that, you know, he has this really awful reputation. So tonight, just to recap, uh, DeMonte Sabonis uh, is basically on the ground. Draymond Green's getting up to, to move on with the play. And Sabonis blatantly grabs his leg. Uh, so Draymond, and again, I, I was like literally reenacting the whole play in my living room, trying to understand, okay, like what if like someone grabbed my leg, like how much control could I have? Could I be properly balanced? And no, like, like I'm trying, like if I hop around on one foot, I can, I mean, look, I'm a surfer. So like, I have to have decent balance. And, and for a long time, I used to have one of those like Indo boards in my living room. So I'd play with that thing, doing kick flips and stuff. So balance is the name of my game, but like, I'm not a super great balanced individual even with all the those sports that I do. And doing anything on one leg is not easy. It is not easy to balance yourself, to control yourself. And yet all I was seeing, at least on social media, in terms of reactions, was it, wow, Sabonis, that was a dirty play. That's something you do in a fight, grabbing someone else's leg as they're trying to run away. Instead, all I saw was that Draymond was awful for stomping uh, DeMontis Sabonis uh, on the chest. And none of us can say for certain it was intentional. Um, all we all we can say is it was the, the the effect of the cause, the cause being Sabonis grabbing Draymond's leg. The effect was Draymond, whether it was intentional or not, stomping Sabonis on the chest. Uh, Sabonis then proceeds to do that dramatic act where it looked like he was dying. And then all of a sudden, five minutes later, he seems fine and playing basketball again. So that's my interpretation of it. I don't think Draymond should be suspended. I thought the, the flagrant two was excessive. Kyle, and your thoughts. And if you disagree, that's okay, obviously, but your thoughts. Um, yeah, so I agree with you on a lot of points in regards to the Draymond Green Sabonis altercation, not an altercation, but whatever you want to call it incident. Um, it was funny to me because I, I follow and am friends with a number of people in the Kings media and fan base <laughs> and immediately Draymond's so dirty. I can't believe he would do that. Get him out of the game, blah, 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 blah. With no mention of the fact that DeMontis Sabonis clearly grabbed and wrapped up Draymond's ankle. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I do think there's something that, to be said for the fact that it, that Draymond gets treated unfairly in this league. I think, you know, like you said, he never gets the benefit of the doubt. He's never going to get the call because he's Draymond and he's loud and he runs his mouth and he, you know, has this big personality and he has the podcast and all these other things that rub people the wrong way and his history of, you know, technicals and, and, you know, the whole Draymond persona. Um, yes. So the fact of the matter is, I mean, I think that that's exactly what led to the reactions. Um, you know, people immediately are going to point the finger, but I thought that there should have been also more blame cast on Sabonis. I'm glad that the referees ended up calling something on him in return, but you know, I don't know. I mean, I think that, you know, it was the effect, the the cause of that effect was the fact that his that he was grabbed first. Yes. Um, now, I mean, to be clear, I don't think that Draymond should have stepped on him. I don't think that Draymond should have put the foot into his, you know, rib, whatever it was. Um, you know, this is a critical and pivotal point in the game and the Warriors are gaining some steam and trying to close the gap. And like I mentioned, yeah, I thought maybe what happened in the Memphis series last season would happen again and that the Warriors would respond in a big way to Draymond Green getting ejected. But on the other hand, you're taking the Warriors' arguably best defender, one of their best defenders alongside Gary Payton II, out of the game during a critical stretch against one of the best offensive teams in the NBA. And this is a Warriors team that has struggled defensively. I don't think they necessarily needed that at that point in the game. So to me, that's where Draymond has to be smarter. Um, 
yes, it's frustrating. Your leg is getting grabbed, but you've got to do a better job of keeping your emotions in check and just keeping that level head to try to stay in the game. And, you know, it's something that Draymond hasn't been perfect at throughout his career. And like I said, I don't think some of the reactions necessarily appropriated blame appropriately, you know, because both parties were to blame. And DeMontis, like I said, instigated the incident by grabbing first. But Draymond also does have some responsibility to try to stay in the game so that he can help the Warriors in effect winning. And that's fair. It's that's Draymond. criticism. I, I, it, you, uh, and Draymond, right. Draymond also knows. Draymond also knows his reputation in the league. Yeah. He knows how they call him, too. He's talked about it flat out, that he knows he doesn't get treated the same way as other people. Yeah. Right or wrong, and you just mentioned taking the blame as well, you know, or taking the bait that Draymond's done in the past. Um, he, he's got to know better at some point, right? Like you're you're playing right into their hands, and, and this is what they want to happen. And he knows that he's not going to get the calls, and he knows that he's going to be ejected immediately, or he's going to get the flagrant uh, for infractions that other players wouldn't be called the same way on because of who he is. But he's aware of that, and since he is aware of that, you know, you've got to try to keep it in check to stay in the game because. Like I said, it could go two ways. Maybe the Warriors get fired up and pull off a miracle like they did in Memphis. Or, you know, maybe this game could have ended different differently if Draymond had been in the game. Um, you know, because at this point, Warriors defense could use all the help it can get. And, you know, I mean, Draymond's one of the leaders of this team. I don't yeah. know that you want to be getting ejected late in a game two where you're down in the series. Yeah. And and I guess I should I should not forget the fact that. He punched his teammate before the season started. I mean, that has to be acknowledged. But let me ask you this. Um, uh, uh, for, just for the sake of argument, um, what could have Draymond done instead? Because, again, I was trying to reenact the whole thing where if someone grabs your leg and Sabonis is right under him. So it's not like he had anywhere else to put the other foot down. And, like, if you're in a position where your leg's getting grabbed and you're losing your balance in a split-second moment like that, it's not easy to like just redirect your leg outside of like maybe uh, putting yourself in a position where you're doing the splits or you just fall flat on your face. I guess like what would you have uh, what, in your mind? And this goes for anyone. First of all, senior softball games who keeps coming in here. I know you're a Kings fan and I see you at Larry's show a lot, but you said you were leaving five minutes ago and you're hooked. You're not going anywhere. Just talking trash. And if you want to say you were a Draymond apologist, all I'm asking is a who started the whole damn thing. And B, and, and this is where Kylan, for you and anyone else that says he shouldn't have stomped them. I, it's hard for me to argue against that, right? Of course, I'm not advocating stomping people on, who are on the ground. But what could he have done instead in that situation? I mean, I think he could have definitely hopped over him. To me, it looked like he was preparing to step over and he purposely put his foot down. Like, yes, you could try to shake him off you know, without stepping down. I mean, he clearly, there was a downward motion. There was a force down into the chest area. Um, you know, or I don't know, you could fall. I mean, at the end of the day, if someone's grabbing your, your ankle, I'm trying to think if that's ever happened to me in soccer. Cause I played soccer where your feet are. And if you, if I get tangled up like or someone's this. grabbing me, go down. He grabbed him like this with his arms. Like he had his yeah, arms. No, wrapped. I saw. Yeah. He had it wrapped. <laughs> like, he had it wrapped. It go down. Crazy. Go down, step over, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I do think there are other reactions, Cyrus. I really do. He he went out of his way to step downward. He could have tried to shake him off. He could have tried to hop over him. I think he could fall to the ground. Like I said, fall to the ground at that point. I mean, yeah. he's grabbing your ankle, fall over, you know, play the game back. If there's, you know, any type of acting going on, it's gamesmanship. Do it right yeah. back to him. Um, Fall over and act like, you know, that you just got wrapped up. Um, So, yeah, I, I think that Draymond 
could have and should have reacted differently. I really do. I mean, and I don't think, I don't, again, I don't think Sabonis was in the right, but you know, Draymond is also in control of what his reaction is. And he's got to know at that point in the game, if he does that, he's going to get ejected. And that's not necessarily going to help this team. Yeah, well, that's the thing where I just I I I don't I don't know if he had control over that again. Like he was literally like he's his left leg I think was grabbed, and I, and I'm, I haven't had a chance to look at a bunch of the replays. But like unless he had his his balance completely like regained, and the only replays I saw were in total slow motion. So in real time, it was happening so fast. Like I don't know. And again, I ask anyone else out there. Like just just practice on in your living room, on your carpet, or on your floor, wherever. Like just just hop around on one foot for a second. And, and tell me that it's easy to control where you're going to put that other, other leg down in a split second moment. I was, I was just practicing myself and I was like, wow, it is not that easy, but I do need to look at the replay again. And the one thing I'm wholeheartedly in, in agreement with you is, is that Draymond needs to be more self-aware in terms of his role, his position, and yes, his reputation for better or worse, regardless of whether or not it's fair, you need to be aware that people's eyes are on you and they're looking at you scrupulously extra carefully and so when you make mistakes they're gonna see them they're gonna catch them that's yeah. the part where i can't defend dre it's like be smarter you're you're too important for this team your ejection but now here but then there's the other side of it right like and this is where uh, when we come back we'll talk about whether or not this represents the end because i honestly thought that if the warriors lost this game it was over um and i still don't know if, if i think differently but that Draymond ejection did put bring some fuel to this to this series. I mean, I, I feel like it did give some new energy to the Warriors and what they do with that. It's up to them. We'll find out. But Kylan, I'd love to get your thoughts on on the future of the Warriors and what and and just how impactful tonight's game was. How much meaning it had in terms of the whole dynasty. First, though, we gotta give some love, and they got an overlay to Ultimate uh, GM, and I know they have an overlay here. If I can find it, is this it right here? Yes, it is. And the whole premise of ultimate uh, pro basketball is to play the role of a GM. Colin, have you played the game yet? No, you should. It's fun. It's really fun. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I had to quit in the locked on league because everyone was taking it so damn seriously. I was getting my ass kicked. So I had to stop there, but it's fun. It's a time sucker. And look, that's really the point of so much of what we do, right? It's just deflecting from, from the hardships of reality. And, and if you love basketball and you love NBA basketball uh, or professional basketball, Ultimate Pro GM, Ultimate Pro Basketball GM uh, is the game for you. And look, Locked On Warriors listeners, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out to download the game. Just visit probasketballgm.com. Scan that code right below us or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate basketball GM. Start your dynasty. And let's hope the Warriors dynasty continues today. You are locked on Warriors. Your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. <sighs> Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Every day yours. Tomorrow on the show. Wait, what day is today? Is today uh, Monday? I don't know who's coming on next. I know CJ Holmes is on the docket. Uh, I know Gary St. Jean, former Golden State Warriors head coach, former Sacramento Kings GM. Uh, or is it the other way around? I'm told, told maybe I'm brain farting, but whatever it is. Uh, Gary St. Saint Jean uh, hopefully will be coming on the show. So a lot of shows still to come, but right now we're just immediately following 
Warriors Kings. That was a battle. The Warriors find themselves down 0-2. Kylan, how serious was this loss tonight? It's the first time uh, since 2007 that the Warriors have fallen behind 0-2 in a playoff series. Uh, it's never happened to any of them. So this is uh, uh, uncharted territory. Uh, how, how meaningful was this loss to you? Uh, this was super meaningful. It completely changes the complexion of the series, the playoff outlook, and then therefore you already alluded to the postseason or the post-postseason, the offseason, I guess I should say, the offseason and beyond. Um, you know, I just think you're looking at a totally different ball game if you go back split to Chase Center where the Warriors have played extremely well and you feel good about the fact that the team could potentially take two you go up three one and you're very you know much more comfortable than what you would be going back now down oh two let's say the warriors take two you're tied up well the kings have home court advantage the rest of the series and for a team that has struggled to play on the road and clearly that has continued at golden one center that's not necessarily a comfortable place to be and you know we're all talking about warriors and six and whatnot but i think that the warriors going up 3-1 is a very different series to look at than going up 2-0 or going mm -hmm. up top being tied 2-2. And that's a big if they take both games at Chase Center. If they play the way they did in these two games, the Warriors are not going to win. I don't care if they're playing in Gold 1 Center. I don't care if they're playing in Chase Center. Despite a couple of bad calls, doesn't matter. I don't. The Warriors have no one to blame but themselves in this. Um, now, is it still possible? Yes, I think it is still possible that the Warriors take the series. I'm not necessarily saying that's out of the realm of possibility. But this is going to define what this championship core is made of. I mean, look at all the adversity they face throughout the season. If they overcome a first round down 0-2, playing the Sacramento Kings for the first time ever, I mean, there already has been just a lot of, I feel like, drama, animosity building. I mean, not necessarily maybe amongst the players, but amongst the fans for sure. And some of the media members, like, I just feel like the series has been so full of drama with it being the two NorCal teams playing each other for the first time. Um, so if the Warriors come back from an 0-2 deficit, I mean, I just think that this would be an incredible story. People have been saying, you know, this is the feel of the last dance. And I don't want to say the last dance, but the feel of like, a movie i don't know how else to describe it but like a reality story um yeah, uh, in the making i do want to point out a couple of positives from Please. tonight and and you you brought up a couple of comments and one thing i do want to point point out um going into game three and looking ahead is that i think that moses moody earned himself more minutes moses moody is a player who impressed me tonight he was flying around. Yes, he got two fouls early or he committed two fouls early. But after that, I thought he settled in. He had a couple of really nice defensive possessions. There was one I remember where he closed Deer and Fox out pretty well, forced a miss, just stuck with. I can't remember who it was. It wasn't Sabonis. Someone else on the drive. Maybe Malik Monk was on the drive. And I remember I was like, okay, Moody he went straight up and ended, ended up forcing a miss. Um, So I thought defensively he settled in much better. He was flying around, grabbing rebounds, um, playing with a ton of energy, had a couple of tip-ins just because he was crashing the glass super hard and that's one thing i think the air one area the warriors have lacked is like crashing the glass playing with hustle um and just playing aggressively on the boards like they've been getting out rebounded in the series i thought that moses moody moses moody stood out to me as just someone who played with heart mm -hmm. played with intensity crashed the glass hard made an impact in the moments that he was in and he didn't play much but let me see if the stats were still the same late in the game he was a team best plus four or five at some point. Okay. So we ended, um, so Moody ended up with four points, five rebounds, one assist, and 
was plus one, which was the second best on the team. Steph Curry was plus three. Um, and so, you know, I think that speaks volumes to the impact he made in just eight minutes on the court. I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind seeing Moses Moody get more minutes. Um, a player who was really quiet on the flip side was Dante DiVincenzo. Zero points. He was the worst on the team in the plus minus category with minus 13. He had a couple of turnovers that were pretty uncharacteristic. Only had a couple of rebounds, one assist. So I was surprised. So those are two surprises for me tonight. I guess yeah. on the positive side, Moses Moody, I was really impressed. Like he just brought and like he was literally like flying around, you know, like he brought energy and intensity. And then Dante DiVincenzo on the flip side felt the opposite, um, which was very surprising. And then I thought Gary Payton the second did bring some good energy as well. In terms of bench guys, I want to give him a little bit of a shout out. And on the flip side of that, Jonathan Kaminga, four minutes. Don't know that he looked great in those four minutes, but it also wasn't enough time for me to really make a great evaluation. Exactly. Thank wasn't you. Wasn't specifically Thanks, watching him the whole time. Yeah. So I thought that was a little bit odd. Um. So those are some of my thoughts in the rotation. I don't know if you have any others, but I just want to point out a positive I thought was that Moses Moody played really well, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. I have I have, I have a lot to to say here. I I'm, because I'm looking at the box, the box score right now, and and so much sticks out. Um, for starters, I think it's very well. What do we have with the clock here before I go into that? What, 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 I'll, I'll give you my thoughts when we come back. We're already at the 20 minute mark because uh, I got to give some love to uh, our second sponsor, and that's Game Time, um, which I've been pumping up a lot on this show uh, for the simple reason um, that I don't feel like Dub Nation's representing enough. Uh, all I'm hearing is cowbells. All I'm hearing is our Kings fans. And uh, man, are they a loud bunch. Uh, I mean, they drove E40 away from Sacramento, uh, you know, and the Game Time app is all you would have needed to buy some tickets, go into Golden One Center, and, and make some noise for Dub Nation. It's been quiet in there. Uh, but nonetheless, if you want tickets for events, if you want tickets for for uh, concerts, for anything that requires you to purchase a ticket, buy it from the Game Time app. One of the best things that Game Time does for you is it guarantees uh, a price, meaning like if you buy a ticket with Game Time and then you see uh that same ticket listed somewhere else in the same section and row and it's listed for less money um game time will credit you 110% of the difference that is literally called a guarantee folks so download the game time app create an account use the code locked on nba for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem the code locked on nba for $20 off download game time today last minute tickets Lowest price guaranteed. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to leave the, uh, oops, wrong graphic. I was going to leave. I forgot to use the game time app during, during the the overlay during the ad. So I'll leave it up for a minute to make up for that. Uh, thank you for making locked on warriors. Your first listen every day. Uh, we're hyping up the everydayers. Those are the folks that literally tune in on a daily basis because we are the only daily, uh, warriors show as is most locked on programs. We're a daily show. So thank you so much to the everydayers. Uh, Kylan Mills is an everydayer, even though she's not every day on here yet. And that's why, uh, we want to promote hitting that like button, subscribing to the show. Uh, the sooner we grow, the sooner Kylan becomes a permanent co-host alongside me. So we're both co-hosts 50-50. Uh, so please subscribe, hit the like button, um, and, and get the word out there uh, so we can grow the show and make it uh, not just me with Kylan. Sometimes you can make it 
Kylan with me all the time. Um, I I have feelings. I have thoughts about tonight's game. There's a lot of things that stuck out to me that were colossally disappointing. First things first, uh, in game one, one thing that stuck out a lot to me, uh, and Steve Kerr, uh, thankfully I heard him say the, say the same thing as being the number one reason why they lost game one was offensive rebounds. They got killed in the glass. So what happens tonight? They gave up nine offensive rebounds in the first half, 12 total for the game. Uh, they were out-rebounded offensively. 12 to nine in terms of total rebounds they actually were tied 41 41 which was mm -hmm. surprising um uh, but points in the paint a category the warriors virtually never win um i remember just one maybe two times the whole regular season where the warriors won in that category they lost that category in that category again tonight outscored in terms of points in the paint 54 40 uh, to the sacramento kings but specifically things i saw that um i just thought steve kerr just really messed up on for starters um i love andrew wiggins i'm glad he's back there's, he undoubtedly is making an impact out there, but I don't know if someone who's been missing for nearly three months uh, in just a second game back should be playing the second most minutes on your team. He played 39 minutes tonight. Look, he shot the ball good. He was nine for 19. That's almost 50%. Um, not great from beyond the arc. He was two for eight. Uh, did finish with 22 points, grabbed five rebounds. But again, it's just a second game back. 39 minutes for him. We couldn't have taken maybe five of those minutes and given them to, oh, I don't know, Jonathan Kaminga, a player who I'm trying to propagate this stat, and a stat is not prop as propaganda because it's, it's subjective. It's a fact. Here's a fact about Jonathan Kaminga, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. When he plays 25 or more minutes this year, they win over 70% of the time. That's a fact. When he plays 20 minutes or less, they lose over 70% of the time. So what happened with Jonathan Kaminga tonight? Not And Kylan, you mentioned the, the four minutes. Just to be more exact, three minutes, 56 seconds in tonight's game. And that was enough for Steve Kerr to decide, no, we don't need your 6'8 size. We don't need your athleticism. We don't, we, we don't need your efficiency in terms of shooting. Yeah, we don't need any of that. So I, I don't understand the three minutes, 56 seconds. I don't understand why uh, Jermichael Green is not playing more than – I don't even remember when those – 50 seconds were. I think it was this in the second quarter when he briefly came in the game. But if if uh, uh, Mike Brown is going to give Alex Len minutes in this game, and those minutes are impactful for the simple reason that Alex Len is big. That was one of the things I noticed when I saw Moses Moody out there. You notice his size. You notice that 7-1 wingspan. He was cutting off passing lanes. He was making it just a little harder for players like De'Aaron Fox to attack the rim or to be feel comfortable taking three-point shots because he suddenly had a long arm and hand in his face. And so I was relieved that at least we saw Moody, but I don't understand why Steve Kerr has this aversion to Jonathan Kaminga uh, so far in the first two games of the series. Jermichael Green, again, I understand uh, the, the reason why uh, I, no one should be particularly excited about playing him. But again, when Alex Len is out there, I think Jermichael Green can handle that assignment and, and Jermichael Green is one of the biggest players on your roster at 6'9". Alex Len, he played 13 minutes in game one, was highly productive. Tonight, he played eight minutes more, um, scored four points, was a plus seven in the plus minus. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't understand the, this this small ball, uh, this this really incessant 
focus on small ball. It's killing the Warriors. I, I, it's it's you could see their energy levels being depleted. It's not making any of their shot selections easier because routinely you have bigger people in your face, like challenging your shot. It's not making it easier on your defense in terms of shot blocking, in terms of challenging shots, in terms of cutting off lanes for passing, in terms of making it more difficult for opponents to drive into the paint. This this focus on small ball. It's great when you have Stephen Curry in his prime. And look, Steph is fine. I'm not saying he's not. But one player who's not in his prime anymore, and this is evident, and the numbers tonight will not show it, but Clay Thompson is not playing great basketball in this series. Um, again, this is the second night in a row where he scored 21 points, but these are not 21 points that are profound difference-making points. He was a minus 11 in the plus-minus, second only to Dante DiVincenzo, who's been another colossal disappointment. I have no idea what's going on there. But Clay, to me, again, despite the fact that he shot the ball better tonight, he was 5 for 10 uh, from beyond the arc, but there's just something off there. Like, he's not making clutch baskets. He's not making uh, uh, timely baskets. And I I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not feeling great. So those are, those are just some things that stuck out to me uh, in tonight's game. Do you have any reaction to anything I just said? Yeah, um, I feel like small ball small ball so i've been concerned with the size all season so i hear a lot of what you're saying yeah. i would have liked to see the warriors sign a free agent big trade for big something i advocated for that my concern yes. was you know exactly some of this in certain matchups in the postseason that were going to be unfavorable now some folks will bring up the warriors have won with small ball they didn't have you know that much size last season although they did have a little bit more size because imani bielitsa and otto porter jr were both six nine or above correct or six eight and six nine um which, was, yeah correct and, and, and don't forget otto porter jr Junior too, who was six eight, right? Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, six yeah. eight and six nine in terms of you know. So those were two bigger guys off the bench still than what we have right now. When you're looking at Dante DiVincenzo, GP two, and then Moses Moody gives a little bit of size, but not that. Um, but still, so if people want to point out, you know, they didn't have a backup center. They still weren't super big last year. They ran the small ball. The issue is that if you run the small ball, you have to be really perfect in other areas of the game. You And that's where I say that, you know, you can't afford the turnovers, but also be playing small, but also be not shooting the three ball well. So I feel like, you know, yes, you can afford to give up one when you look at different aspects of the game, but you cannot not perform in all these different areas. So they don't have a top five, you know, five defense this year. They're turning the ball over a ton. They're small. They're, you know, it's like when you check all the boxes, they're not shooting the three ball as consistently as a team as they have in the past. And tonight I thought it was very apparent down the stretch. I think they finished the game right around 32% from three, which isn't terrible, but like, especially in late in the fourth quarter, you saw they were missing shots. Um, I don't think that in general, they've been shooting the three fantastic this season. And I think a lot of the losses we've seen, they haven't shot the three ball. Well, and part of the reason why is that I don't feel like they can overcome some of these shortcomings because they just don't, they're not executing in other areas of the game. So like you live and die by the three, but you can overcome that if you play great defense. And that's mm -hmm. why the Warriors had predicated their team on defense last couple seasons under Steve Kerr, because Steve Kerr's argument is, Hey, yeah, we shoot a ton of threes, but we can survive if we don't shoot great from three because we play great defense and we prevent the other team from scoring and great defense leads to transition buckets that we know we can make. Um, and so the Warriors haven't been playing great D this season, this, you know, series in particular, you're playing against the best offense during the regular season, the NBA, that's not going to help either in a team that's already struggled with perimeter defense and in a number of different areas uh, defensively and especially defensively on the road. So to me, it's the fact that the Warriors you know, you can't get away with being small. And then, like I said, not executing all these other areas of the game, not be a strong defensive team this season, turn the ball over 20 times, not shoot the three ball. Well, you know, the things that they typically are strengths for this team. Well, 
turnovers aren't typically strengths, but again, turnovers are something they can get over and have been able to in the past because, you know, they make a ton of threes. Well, on nights when the offense is electric and they're scoring in all different ways, and they're being aggressive and attacking and that, and you know, when they're aggressive and attacking, that opens up the lanes for the outside shooters to knock down threes. You know, when the offense is hitting, it's great. You know, it's yeah. magic when they're knocking down threes and scoring inside, when they get the inside out game going, when, you know, Steph is lighting up all that stuff. Yeah, it's great. It's fun. It's amazing basketball to watch but they can't now grind out wins when the shots aren't falling. And that's something to me that's felt very different than last year. Last year, I felt a different heart, a different hustle, a different ability to grind out wins by playing tough defense that isn't there this season. They had depth. They don't have depth this year. They have no depth. I mean, like Jordan Poole, for example, is your sixth man. And I know he had an awful game. He played 15 minutes. He was just one for seven, over uh, three from beyond the arc. But he was also hobbled. Like he was, he had that at the ankle injury. You could see him not being 100%. He just shouldn't have played. He just should not have played tonight. Um, but you're right. When you look at the rest of the, the bench, uh, first of all, Kaminga is supposed to be one of those uh, key cogs in the bench. And when we saw him for three minutes, 56 seconds, um, Gary Payne, the second to me, is really the only player off the bench who's doing anything. Um, and, and even then, I'm glad he he, he, got, he saw six more minutes tonight versus the 20 he got in game one. He played almost 27 tonight. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him five more minutes from him. I wouldn't mind seeing him approach the 30-minute mark uh, in terms of playing time. Uh, I know Kevon Looney played 23 minutes, but partly that was because of foul trouble. But um, I, yeah, I'm with you. It's it's they, they, can't, they can't make the little mistakes and survive this yes. year. And it's, Yes, and it's exactly. largely because of the fact that they just don't have enough players to give them reinforcements. Um, and, and this is where I, and this has got to be safe for a whole other show um, in terms of just what went wrong for the Warriors this season is that Bob Myers had a very clear vision. You know, he, he saw that Kaminga and Moody were going to play a lot and, and James Wiseman. Um, and that by this time of the season, after them getting a lot of reps during the regular season, gain, gaining experience, developing their game, that they were going to be contributing right now. But instead, you saw you saw Kerr stepping in and being stubborn about it, going, no, I don't like this vision. I'm going to play my bets. This is a championship or bust team, and this is what we have now. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, there's a few chat uh, chats that I starred, if you want to address a few of those. Um Sure. Fable JVC writes, uh, Kaminga needs to exploit and and expose Sabonis when he draws Sabonis on switches, take him to the hole and dunk on his head. I wholeheartedly agree. I just wish Kaminga was actually playing so he could do that. I know I know he had an awful three minutes, 56 seconds tonight. Maybe awful is a strong word, but he, he just didn't, he wasn't doing anything special. Um, but I just don't understand why he doesn't have Kerr's trust in terms of just letting him play through these things. You know, uh, if he has a bad start, keep going, kid. Like, I, I don't understand the mistrust there. Anything you, you feel or about Kaminga in terms of why he's not playing much? I agree. When he has a bad stretch, he gets yanked, then he doesn't get another chance, you know, where other players do. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to mention, I don't know if you want to bring up one of the chats, but a lot of people po pointing out Jordan Poole as well. Um, you know, I didn't think he had a great night. I tweeted no. at one point that he appear appears to just not be able to close out any quarter. Um, like to me, he just seems he's been falling apart this season late in games or in crunch times or late quarter situations. So that's definitely uh, an area of concern going into our games at chase center. Do you have any thoughts on JP? Well, yeah, I just, I just mentioned how like he, he just shouldn't have played. He, he was on, he was listed on the, on the injury report as questionable uh, because yeah. I remember the play vividly in game one where he, he rolled his ankle and, mm -hmm. and he couldn't move tonight. I, I don't know if that had to do with his shooting overall. He had an awful shooting night. He had one for yeah. seven from the field over three from beyond the arc. 
he should not have been playing. I mean, he was a liability out there. He played awful. He played absolutely awful. Um, I, I totally agree. Uh, the Punisher, by the way, writes um, that the Bucks were down 0-2 versus the Suns two years ago in the NBA Finals. That's true. That is optimism. I, 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 I can respect that. Um, Rebel the Sounds writes, Kaminga is lost out there. Again, let's hold off on judgment if they're only playing three or four minutes. You know, it's just impossible to properly judge a player when they're that out there for that little. Um, this is something that stuck out to me, which was a 1984 Godson writes, Kerr saying he wasn't worried about turnovers was the dumbest comment ever. When did he, he say that? He said that. So, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. So after the first quarter, uh, TNT does interviews after the first and third quarters with the yeah, head coach. Yeah, okay. So, I must have gotten up and left my couch for a second. I was it was say, crazy. I listened, to, I listened to pregame. I didn't hear that. I just. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it stuck out to me because Kerr came out and said that he was, that the defense was phenomenal. And I'm not, don't quote me verbatim, but he, I'm paraphrasing, but he was just really hyping up the defense. And, um, and I can't remember if the reporter followed it up by saying like, yeah, but what about all the turnovers or, if, but Kerr then said, the turnovers don't matter. They're 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 he was happy with them. Like he actually said they were okay and and that he could live with them because of how good the defense was. But a huge reason why the defense looked good is because Sacramento shot horribly. I mean their their three point shooting tonight finished at twenty three point seven percent, and they still still scored one hundred fourteen points. Um, so yeah, I I heard that comment too. It was it was absolutely insane. Um, someone else also wrote about the Bucks being down 0-2 and coming back. Uh, I like this one. Rain, uh, Rain King GW. I keep waiting for a dog to pop through Kylan's background. I know, right? I'll try to get them to get the head right up here so you can see him through the, the back screen. Locked on wants us to use the, you know, professional backgrounds now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. The dogs are here in spirit. I think we, I would have preferred the dogs personally. But I thought your background was fine. Um, 416 Music writes uh, that I thought the Warriors in five, I never said Warriors in five, I said Warriors in six. And then, uh, but they follow up by asking, what what have I seen that has since proven you not to be the case? Well, for starters, I thought Jonathan Kaminga was going to be a part of this. I, I didn't think small ball would be this focused. I mean, we're routinely seeing a Warriors team out there where the average height is like six four, it's it's like there was a lineup out there at one point that had four yeah. point guards. It was Steph, it was Poole, it was Divincenzo, and it was Gary Payton the second. Not the and Looney. That was your five, and not the worst four point guards in the world because given Gary Payton the second and Divincenzo are good defensive players, but that is a tiny lineup, and like they're just getting killed. It, it, it sometimes is that simple in the sport of basketball. You know, like I'm 5'10". There was a reason why I never had a chance uh, uh, when I tried playing college or anything. 5'10 is tiny because like in, in basketball, height matters. I mean, it, it occurs aversion to, to playing bigger players. is just really crazy this year. Um, and then big gulp with the insulting chat. Uh, you clearly don't watch the game. Uh, Clay hit clutch threes, to, to which I respond, if they were so clutch, why didn't they win the game? I know he hit those three late in the game, but too little, too late, folks. Like it's it's if those threes resulted in a victory, my tip a tip of a cap to Clay Thompson. But those weren't falling early in the game. He wasn't doing anything for three quarters, and by the time he started hitting those threes in the fourth, again too late. I, I I'm not seeing much from Clay this this postseason. I'm not I, I don't know. I'm not seeing enough for a player who's making forty something million for a player that is one of the key pieces of this Warriors team. He's not looking like a superstar out there. He's looking like a Kevin Herter out there on a good night. Um, your thoughts on on Clay, Kylan, as we wrap things up? Maybe I'm, what I'm saying is controversial. I don't know. I he's not impressing me in this series so far. I, I don't know your thoughts. 
Yeah, um, I don't think he's been great. I don't think he's been bad in the series. I mean, tonight overall, he didn't shoot bad. Um, but I still think that, especially, I don't know. I just think the fact of the matter is, like, Clay or Steph needs to take over late in games in one of these situations. And I just feel like the Warriors haven't been able to get things under control late in games. Like, both of these last two games, they've ha- it's been close. They've been right there in the fourth and they just haven't been able to close it out. And those are moments I said it to my husband and I am like, Steph Curry needs to take over right now. Clay Thompson needs to take over right now. So I think that's maybe the only thing I would question. I don't know that I thought, I didn't think Clay Thompson played bad in this game at all. Let me look. I mean, he ended up shooting 50% from three. Like said, um, yeah, statistically it, what I'm saying will not make sense. If you just look at a box score, well, I, agree. Is- I want one of them to take over late in a game. Like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I want like Steph or Clay. And it's just like, they just seem to like both these last two games, fourth quarter, like, you know, Steph's throwing up some of these shots that it's Steph Curry. Yes, he can make them, but they're clanking off back iron and all, you know, and whatever else. And they're just not falling. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I, I don't know either. All, all I know is um, Mike Brown looks like a great coach in this series. Steve Kerr does not look like, like a great coach. I agree. And, I and uh, it, yeah, so this sucks. That's all I can say. If you're a member of Dub Nation, this flat out sucks. Um, I don't know what's coming up next. I, 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 I don't even know when the next game is. Is it Friday? Is that game three? I mean, you're at a wedding anyways, but I, I'm just, I, I, I honestly, that's how like destroy Monday. Right it shouldn't be Friday. It should Thursday? be Thursday, but I'm not a hundred percent positive. Uh, 420, 420. So 420 is Thursday. 420, Cyrus, what are you going to be doing? Three. I'm going to watch the Warriors. I'm going to watch them hopefully win game three. And then, uh, We'll see what happens after that. So, <laughs> um, well, Kylan, you're taking wink, off. Wink, we're not gonna... 420. <laughs> oh, we're, uh, Kylan, you're going to a wedding. So this is the last time uh, we're going to see you this week. Um, yep. Any final thoughts? Uh, I know we're going a little long, but it's okay. It's post game after a huge, this might be the end of the dynasty. Uh, you know, so I think we can go a few minutes late here. Any final thoughts as we wrap Don't up? Say that. A disappointing. It, it's not looking good, Kylan. Here's the, here's the problem. The Warriors had literally the worst season uh, by any defending world champion in the modern era when it comes to uh, uh, road games. There were 11 and 30 this year. That is the worst record by any defending champion. The only exception to that was uh, your 1999 Chicago Bulls. But A, that was a strike shortened season. And B, the Bulls team was not competing for another world championship. They were in complete rebuild mode. Everyone left. So at a certain point, like something, the regular season does have some meaning to it it does have some relevancy and i needed to see this warriors team at least come out with a split in sacramento for me to to believe that they have this switch they can turn on where the regular season is just a thing of the past i haven't seen that yet and 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 i'm starting to worry a lot because even if the warriors do pull off two wins at chase center and it's very possible it's very possible um largely because those the, the same struggles we've seen from the bench uh, at Golden One, you're not going to see that nearly as much. Role players, bench players, they thrive when they have a home uh, crowd behind them. And so concurrently, you're going to see a lot of these Kings bench players that have been doing great so far not do so great. You're going to see that. So it's very possible uh, after game four, it's going to be a 2-2 series, and then it's going to be a best of three. But I'm thinking more big picture. Like, even if the Warriors survive this series and get out, I cannot, I just, it's hard for me to picture at this point, and I hope I'm wrong. And maybe I'll re- I'll reevaluate things, and and maybe my my tone will change. But the fact that they're down 0-2, it's the first time in this dynasty's history that they've fallen behind 0-2. I mean, the urgency was clearly there, and they responded with Draymond Green getting ejected, and you know, like they're not they're not making clutch shots, and their defense, which has been their staple and identity for this entire dynasty, 
is faltering right before our eyes, you know? I mean, and even their offense uh, can't score buckets. I mean, they're, they're, they, they scored tonight a whopping total of 106 points against the worst defense in the NBA. I mean, they're in trouble. That's all I can say. They're in huge trouble. Uh, you know, I, I'm, you know, this is Warriors, one of my few sources of happiness. And the fact that that's on the verge of going away is just totally bumming me out. But what the hell can you do about it? You know? So, um, I don't know. Yeah. I like, the, my I like final, <laughs> my final thoughts are that the issues we saw tonight in game two are the same issues that have played plagued the golden state warriors all season. The issues we saw tonight were playing poorly on the road, turnovers, fouls, living and dying by the three and not hitting threes and then just not playing well in clutch situations. I feel like in the pivotal moments of the game, the Warriors have not been coming up big and executing and all season long fans have been like, okay, the switch is going to flip at some point. It's all going to come together. These issues are all going to eradicate themselves and it just hasn't happened at this point. The Warriors are now back fully healthy. That was another area that people had pointed to. Well, the Warriors have been missing players throughout the season. They haven't been fully healthy. Andrew Wiggins is back in the mix. Now, I don't think he's 100% or anywhere close to where he was prior to taking that leave of absence. I think it's going to take a little more time. But still, the switch clearly has not flipped. Is there still time? Can it still flip? Can the Warriors suddenly bring all of these things together and fix all these issues. I think down 0-2 in a series, there's plenty of reason to concern, but it is the Golden State Warriors. You can't count them out. That's what I will say. This is a group that has won championships and has shown that they have a special DNA. Can that come through? Can they do what many think is unthinkable? I mean, that's the question, and that's the fun in watching the rest of the series. If they now can tie things up and win both games at Chase Center, you're looking at a 2-2 series. They have to win one game on the road. One game on the road is all it would take. Can they pull out 40 minutes of something special? I'm excited to watch. I'm not counting the Warriors out yet, but I think it's fair to be concerned. I uh, absolutely. I love your optimism. I, I'm not 100% counting them out, but it's the first time since I've hosted this show that the panic button. Well, I'm pressing it. I'm officially pressing it. This is this is not uh, uh, this is not good. None of this is good. Um, and we didn't even get to the sound. I don't even know what the hell they're saying in post game. I'm, I'm very curious to hear what Draymond has to say. Um, but regardless, again, Kylan, you're going to a, a wedding. Have Florida, fun. Yep. Um, oh, and, and I, I'm looking at just really quickly some of the attributions of the players. Clay Thompson saying we're not discouraged. Um, Draymond Green saying they need to conquer the new challenge of being down 2-0 in the series. Do you want to hear Draymond before we go real quick? Sure, let's do it. All right, so this is a Draymond Green uh, talking about the fact that he's down. Oh, I'm looking. I'm watching him smiling. That's good. All right, so it's some encouraging uh, stuff from Draymond Green there. All right, so here's Draymond Green talking about conquering the challenge of being down 0-2 with his look at those grays in his beard. He's just getting old. Getting Salt old. and pepper. Right, <laughs> you guys have been down three-one a couple of times. You've been through just about everything, but you haven't been 0-2 in the series uh, going home. That's exciting, all right? <laughs> I was gonna ask you what you thought about. <laughs> A new challenge. Um, you know, <clears throat> after the game, I was actually thinking about that. Like, man, I think this one, this is one we haven't seen yet. And we've conquered all the rest of them. So why not go conquer this one? Be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. It's good. Damn you. Oh, there we go. So that's, yeah, that's fair. Sorry, I was muted well, there, there for a second. There's some um, more optimism, maybe. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, that, I do like the optimism. So um, we'll see what happens. I mean, it, it was going to end at some point. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a little surprised uh, that, you know, it's happening to um, 
to Sacramento a little bit. Uh, just a little surprising. I want to play one more sound before we go real quick, just because Draymond also talked about the incident uh, with the stomping. Uh, and I, I'm really curious to hear what his, his reaction is and his perspective is on that. So let's play one more sound bite before we go. Thanks for staying with me, Kylan. Uh, there's Draymond Green uh, talking about the stomping incident. Can you just walk us through what happened there? My leg got grabbed. Second time in two nights. Referees just watch it. I got to land my foot somewhere. And I'm not the most flexible person, so it's not stretching that far. So you didn't really see where you were stepping? You just kinda... I, I can only step so far and pulling my leg away. So what was, it is what it is. What was the explanation they gave? I know they gave him a technical, then obviously you... <clears throat> the explanation was I stumped too hard. Uh, how hard was uh, that impact? Were you surprised that he was uh, on the ground for that long? No, I wasn't surprised that he stayed on that long. You said two times you've been held with Sabonis both times? No, it was Monk last game, uh, right on the baseline under the rim. So either you're going to stop it. Um, John Goble was looking at Monk hold my leg the last game, and he just let it go. And Zach clearly was watching my leg get held this game and let it go. So I guess ankle grabbing is okay. How, how would you describe your actions and the crowd's actions after that? You certainly egged them on. Did you feel you needed to respond to them? Or were you hearing anything that, that you needed to respond to there? No, I'm just having fun. It's a fun game, fun atmosphere to play in. So um, it's fun. All right, there you go. So that's that's interesting. Um, and I, I totally sympathize. Again, I was I was just trying to like reenact it on my own. And like in that situation, if you try to avoid him and fall, like you're gonna have to stretch your leg out really crazy. You're gonna have to just totally eat crap with your body just falling back, practically face planting on the on the hard court. If you try to just step on him gently, even that is just weird. Like I was trying to like reenact like like setting my foot down softly. That was hard to do. It I just it's just a hard position for Dre to be in and now we've learned it's the second time in the series he's been grabbed by the legs these officials need to do something I've seen some uh, clips of officials walking watching Stephen Curry getting hacked and doing absolutely nothing about it that's very concerning Stephen Curry never gets superstar treatment um, he got two free throw attempts in game one he did get eight uh, here in game two and made seven of those um, any final thoughts from you Colin on that I'm glad we play that sound because that, that added a whole lot more no all right. <laughs> Here we go. Have a great time in your wedding. Thank you, everyone, uh, for joining us. Uh, I'm going to go see Larry Kruger in just a minute. In about 10 minutes, I'll be joining his show uh, to talk more Warriors if you want to see me there. Otherwise, follow Kylan Mills on all social media platforms, including uh, uh, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, at Kylan Mills. Follow me one more time on Twitter, at Dogs or Frocho. And this program on Twitter, Locked on Dubs. That's where we uh, make all our announcements for show start times, who the guests are, and so forth. Um, I know exactly. Kylan, you need to go. Bye. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Love you, Kylan. Safe travels. We'll see you uh, next week. Thank you.